The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with new developments in the Middle East. Israel struck a refugee camp in Gaza overnight. Israel Defense Forces spokesperson Daniel Hagari says it was targeting Hamas and killed a senior leader in that organization. Tonight, we eliminated the murderous terrorist Ibrahim Biari. Biari is the main combat leader in the northern Gaza Strip since the IDF forces entered Gaza. He also had a part in the massacre on October 7th. During his assassination, many terrorists were killed, terrorists who stayed with him in the building and in the underground area below the buildings. IDF spokesperson Daniel Hagari speaking through an interpreter. The latest strike is drawing condemnation across the Middle East. We get more from Bloomberg's Oliver Crook in Tel Aviv. What this does is it's going to bring into the fore, again, those voices that have been calling for a ceasefire, the voices that have been condemning um, Israel's actions there. And those ceasefire calls by the Saudis and by the U.N. have been retorted to by you know, Benjamin Netanyahu as recently as this weekend, completely off the table. Bloomberg's Oliver Crook reports the health ministry in the Hamas-run Gaza Strip says hundreds were killed and wounded in those strikes. Well, Amy, before the overnight strike, Secretary of State Antony Blinken told the Senate it was too soon to call for a ceasefire. When it comes to a ceasefire, in this moment, you're exactly right. Uh, that would simply consolidate what Hamas has been able uh, to do uh, and allow it uh, to uh, remain where it is and potentially repeat what it did another day. And that's not tolerable. Secretary of State Antony Blinken will travel back to Israel on Friday. The White House says President Biden would veto a package put forward by House GOP members to provide aid to Israel by slashing funds for the IRS and leave out funding for other national security priorities. The legislation championed by the new House Speaker Mike Johnson has already run into stiff bipartisan opposition. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. We must stand with our allies in Israel. We must send humanitarian aid to innocent civilians in Gaza. We must hold the line against Vladimir Putin by supporting Ukraine. Senator Schumer says Democrats want to pass President Biden's $105 billion supplemental package, which includes funding for Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan and the southern border. Well, in other geopolitical news this morning, President Biden will meet with Chinese leader Xi Jinping later this month in San Francisco. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the latest. White House spokeswoman Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked several times at the Daily White House briefing. She finally said it was an official confirmation and says it will be a difficult conversation. Uh, that's what the president is going, to, uh, is going to, to be doing and having, you know, a tough conversation, but important conversation. Jean-Pierre would not go into details on expectations. It will be on the sidelines of APEC here in San Francisco. China has not commented on the meeting. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Ed. And turning to the markets, we kick off a new month with a big day on the economic front. It begins with the Treasury Department's new borrowing plan and finishes with a Fed decision and a Jay Powell news conference. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. 
It figures to be a long day on trading desks. First up, the Treasury announces its refunding plans for the quarter. It plans to borrow a record $776 billion between now and the end of the year. Today, we find out the mix of bills, bonds, and notes, and how much of each it will sell. The record borrowing may spark a lot of market volatility. Refunding is followed by the Fed. While no one expects a rate move, investors will be focused on the possibility of one at future meetings. Will Chairman Jay Powell take that off the table? Another opportunity for market moves. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Michael. And stick with Bloomberg this afternoon for our Fed Decides special starting at 1.30 p.m. Wall Street time on both Bloomberg Radio and television. Well, we head overseas to Asia now. The Bank of Japan expectedly stepped into the bond market, trying to curb the pace of gains in sovereign yields. The move comes just a day after announcing it was loosening its grip on debt prices. And on the equity front, some tech earnings in focus. We got a mixed picture from Advanced Micro Devices. The chipmaker's sales forecast fell short of estimates. The company says a new AI chip will generate $2 billion in sales next year. Shares of AMD are down almost 2% in early trading. And for Sarepta, shares of the biopharma company are plunging about 46% this morning. Amy, the drop comes on news that its trial with partner Roche of a gene therapy for muscular dystrophy failed to meet the main goal of a study. Another company tumbling this morning. WeWork shares of the co-working space company are down now 43% in pre-market trading. The Wall Street Journal reporting WeWork is planning to file for bankruptcy as early as next week. And now we want to bring you up to date on the fraud trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. He spent the day on the witness stand yesterday. We get more from Bloomberg's Miss Elena Agolfo-Pulo in New York. We must say that it was a tough run for SBF under questioning from federal prosecutors who really grilled him on the witness stand and got him to admit on some of the most important allegations in this case, including the fact that there was no proper hedging in the two companies that he was managing, including the fact that he was the one who signed off on a lot of their decisions, and also the fact that he was the one who made the decision to spend billions of dollars in investments through the hedge fund Alameda Research. And that's Bloomberg's Mr. Elena Golfopolo, who says jury deliberations may begin later this week. It's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For now, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. Good morning, Karen. President Biden heads to Minnesota today. The state is a microcosm for the issues currently bedeviling his presidency. Let's get more from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Mr. Biden is struggling to unite a Democratic electorate strained by his full-throated support for Israel. At the same time, he is suddenly fending off a long-shot primary challenge from Dean Phillips of Minnesota that highlights voters' concerns about his age. It's a blue state that Republicans have long considered ripe for flipping. Minnesota has a young, diverse Democratic base and a large number of Muslim Americans. The trip is intended to highlight the Biden administration's investments in rural communities. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. The FBI says it's closely monitoring serious and evolving threats against the U.S. as the Israel-Hamas war grinds on. FBI Director Christopher Wray. The reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023, but the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States 
to a whole nother level. During a meeting of the Senate's Homeland Security Committee, Ray said the most immediate concern is that violent extremists will draw inspiration for the events in the Mideast to carry out attacks against the U.S. A junior at Cornell University has been charged with making death threats online to Jewish students in an incident that roiled a campus battling anti-Semitism. 21-year-old Patrick Day was charged with posting threats. Anti-Semitic incidents have soared since the Israel-Hamas war began October 7th, and the conflict has bitterly divided dozens of campuses, including Harvard, Stanford, and the University of Pennsylvania. And a federal jury's verdict threatens to shake up the real estate industry. A jury found the National Association of Realtors is liable for $1.8 billion in damages for controlling the Multiple Listing Service, or MLS, and for requiring home sellers to pay both the buyer and seller brokerage fees in a single transaction. Global News, 24 hours a day, and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio, but now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, game four of the World Series at Arizona. The Texas Rangers scored five runs in the second inning, five more in the third. They led 10-0, held on to win over the Diamondbacks. 11-7, and the Rangers now lead the series three games to one. They can win the first championship in franchise history in game five tonight. Arizona did come from 3-2 down in the NLCS against Philadelphia. Seven teams have come back from a 3-1 deficit in the World Series. Marcus Simeon last night, two-run triple, then a three-run homer. Corey Seager homered for the third time in the series. NBA in Phoenix, the Spurs were down by 20. Keldon Johnson stole the ball from Kevin Durant, hit a driving layup with a second to go. Gave San Antonio its first lead of the night. The Spurs beat the Suns 115 to 114. Shake up in Las Vegas. The Raiders are three and five, and they have fired Josh McDaniels midway through his second year on the job. General Manager Dave Ziegler also fired. The Raiders 3-5, 9-16 under McDaniels, who had great success as the Patriots offensive coordinator, but has now been fired as a head coach twice by AFC West teams. Antonio Pierce will be the interim Raiders head coach Sunday, and it'll be actually against his former team, the Giants. We've heard for the first time for the college football playoff. The rankings have Ohio State number one. Buckeyes had the wins over Notre Dame and Penn State. Georgia's ranked two, then Michigan, then Florida State. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com TechSF.
From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Amy Morris. After a barrage of airstrikes by Israel in Gaza, Israeli forces say they've assassinated the architect of the October 7th terror attack. And Palestinians say hundreds of civilians were killed or injured in those strikes. We're joined now by Bloomberg's Galit Altstein in Tel Aviv. Galit, this latest airstrike has drawn condemnation across the Middle East. Does this create a greater risk of the expansion of this war through the region? Yes, um, good morning. So, um, yes, we are seeing uh, that there's quite a big operation going on in the Jabalia refugee camp. This is, by the way, both an aerial attack and a ground um, attack that is being carried out by Israel. This is the most crowded refugee camp in the world. It occupies 100,000 people and roughly um, one and a half square kilometers. Um, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, say they killed 50 um, Hamas militants there. Um, Hamas um, and the health minister in Gaza that is run by Hamas are reporting a larger number of, of casualties um, over there. Um, basically, the Israeli Defense Forces say that this, um, the military stronghold um, that is located in western Jabalia, or was located there, was used by um, the commander of Hamas's Jabalia battalion for the training and the execution of terror activities and contained um, firing positions and terror tunnels and also a large um, stock of weapons. So that's what we know about what happened um, there. And um, an another bit of news that we're getting now is that the Al-Qassam brigades, the, um, they belong to Hamas. They announced the killing of um, seven of its civilian detainees, meaning the hostages. They say that they were killed also in Jabalia yesterday, including um, three holders of foreign passports. This has not been um, verified otherwise, but this is um, what um, they're saying um, now on Palestine TV. So um, that's what we know um, that is going on on the ground now. Um, we, we, we've not seen any, um, you know, further uh, response other than the rhetoric that, that you've mentioned. But, of course, um, this is something um, to, to still follow. You mentioned the hostages and how they are reporting in Palestine that they are killing the hostages. What's the latest on the negotiations to free them? So um, yesterday we heard um, the head of Israel's National Security Council, Tzachy Negbi, and he said that uh, as far um, as Israel um, can, can say and report at this time, there is no um, hostage um, negotiation, um, there's no deal um, that is um, in the near horizon, at least. Um, th that's, what, that's what he said. Um, he, he also mentioned um, that Qatar, um, and th that's according to him, um, has, has realized that Hamas was misleading them, quote, Unquote. So, um, according at least to Israeli officials, you know that that were on, went on the record yesterday, there is no deal in sight at this time. There are also, though, developments on the border crossing from Gaza into Egypt. We are learning now that foreigners and some wounded Palestinians are being allowed to leave Gaza for the first time since the Israel began the ground invasion. What are you watching for? What should we be watching for on that? Yeah, so, so this is um, an interesting development that is um, happening um, th this morning. 
Um, we're seeing foreign passport holders begin um, to exit Gaza into Egypt through the Rafah crossing. This is, um, like you mentioned, for the first time, I think actually since Israel began its aerial attacks on, on Gaza early in October. And this is according to footage that is being um, shown and streamed on several media outlets. Hamas did say earlier that it expects um, some foreigners and dual nationals to be allowed into Egypt, um, including Red Cross workers and nationals from Australia, Austria, uh, Jordan, and Indonesia. And we've also been getting um, reports that 80 wounded Palestinians um, will be transferred for treatment in Egypt. And um, it's interesting because we have been um, hearing Israeli officials ask that more wounded Palestinians be taken to hospitals outside of the Gaza Strip in Egypt. Um, also, a field, ho- field hospital that is planned to be set up near the border, as well as maybe some floating hospitals that will be coming into the area from countries like France and, and maybe others. And this is um, basically meant to take pressure off Israel to let fuel into Gaza, since Israel claims that um, Hamas has fuel and that the fuel it has facilitates not only hospitals, but also underground commands and tunnels. Um, and Israel um, wants to, to create pressure you know, on these places. It, they want to move as many wounded Palestinians outside of the Gaza Strip so that um, you know, if the fuel runs out that is used to facilitate these underground command centers, then eventually these Hamas militants are going to have to, to come out as well. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.